Hello everyone, this is Attack the Backlog, the podcast where I, Mark Kuznez, tries to make a dent in their backlog one game at a time. This episode is all about Slay the Spire, a deck building roguelike that's kind of amazing. Like, did this just sneak its way onto my greatest games of the decade amazing? I don't know just yet, but even the fact that that's up for debate says a hell of a lot. Slave the Spire originally came out in early access for PC in late 2017 and officially released on January 23rd, 2019, making its way to PS4, Switch, and Xbox One later that year. And if you're an Xbox gamer and have Game Pass, you can play Slave the Spire right now for free and who could say no to that? Come on, it's free and it's amazing just do it if you're still not convinced i guess i can take a few minutes to tell you why the game is so amazing first and foremost slay the spire is intuitive easy to read and understand and incredibly accessible i know that's kind of all the same thing said three different ways is it challenging of course it is what roguelike isn't to some degree but you will understand how the systems work within minutes and then you'll be good to go for the countless hours you end up putting into the game as you do your best to make your way through the three main acts in order to beat the game there is a fourth act that opens up once you've cleared all three acts with the three playable characters but at the time of this recording i've only finished the game with one character so i can't comment on that with any authority though i think it's safe to assume the fourth act is probably really hard but like i said one of slay the spire's greatest strengths is that it's so easy to wrap your head around and nowhere near as daunting as some deck building games can be a big reason as to why this is the case is because when you first start the game you'll only be able to play as the ironclad the normal character of the bunch and you start every run with a very simple deck full of almost entirely basic attacks and basic defense so you won't have to think too much about what to do when you first start the game and are learning how things work you have your deck and draw five cards at the beginning of your turn all of which require a certain amount of energy to play every character starts with three energy but this can be increased via relics which i'll it to later once you use all your energy you discard the rest of your hand let the enemy do their thing and draw five new cards when it's your turn again rinse and repeat once all your cards have been discarded they're reshuffled and returned to your draw pile that's the basic gist of how things work the game does become more complicated almost immediately as you're able to pick one of three cards and add it to your deck after each fight which is optional and something you should keep in mind because Sometimes the best decision is taking no card at all. And as you discover new cards, you'll start thinking of ways cards can work together and different strategies you can employ. Sure, you might not be able to do any of that during your current run, but every run is a learning experience, even if it's a successful run. You will learn what strategies work for you and what strategies don't. There is no perfect strategy, in part because there's no way to know what cards will and won't show up. But ignoring the random nature of cards, and I should mention that this game is procedurally generated, so every run will be different, though you can create your own seat and replay the same seat if you want. The game keeps track of your past runs, so you can replay a seat if you feel like you messed something up and can do much better if given a second chance. And 
as you play more, you'll start to learn how specific enemies behave, their attack slash defend patterns and the like, and thus how to deal with them. This is because enemies telegraph what they're going to do, so you always have the ability to prepare for an enemy attack or deal with an enemy buff if, of course, you have the right cards in your hand. Eventually, you won't even have to look at the enemy to see what they're doing because you'll just know. And when that's the case, you can utilize the Relic Dome if you find it, which is a relic that gives you extra energy per turn in exchange for no longer being able to see what the enemy is going to do, something I'd highly recommend avoiding when you first start playing which I say is someone who did just that, thinking, oh boy, extra energy? How can I say no? Again, sometimes thanks, but no thanks is the right choice to make. Speaking of relics, relics are an additional way to permanently buff your character in one way or another, sometimes big, sometimes small, sometimes without a negative side effect, and sometimes with one, like with the relic dome or the calling bell, which gives you three random relics along with three random curses. Curses being treated as unplayable cards in your deck, most of which do something bad when a turn is over, like damaging you for however many cards are left in your hand. Relics can be found at stores, in chests, and from defeating epic monsters and bosses. They add a nice sense of variety to the game and can significantly affect how you play the rest of a run, though like additional cards, you can opt out of picking up new relics if you want, but usually there's not much reason to not take a relic. And that's what I love about Slay the Spire. You can tackle the game however you like. The game will seem hard at first, but there's also a chance you could win your very first attempt. I ended up making it to the third actor in my first run before getting destroyed and beat the game on my seventh run. Between my first run and my seventh run were a few good runs, one great run that almost ended in a win, and a few stinkers too, and of those runs, it's the stinkers that stand out the most. When I had a bad run, and I knew they were going to be bad almost immediately, I didn't think to myself, ugh, this game is too hard and not fair and just a bunch of bullshit. Instead, I thought, okay, now I know that this doesn't work and I definitely won't be trying it again. My good runs were rewarding and filled me with confidence, but it was my bad runs that filled me with the drive and the experience to show all three acts who the boss was. It's it's, it's me. And when I did finally win, again, there is a fourth act that unlocks after beating the first three acts with all three characters, so I didn't technically win-win just yet, probably because I didn't have Paul Giamatti coaching me when I finally win, and now realizing win rhymes with win and hating every minute of it, I felt so good and wanted nothing more than to start a new run immediately. In many ways, Slay the Spire scratches a lot of the same itches Into the Breach scratch for me. Into the Breach has more variety in the ways you can tackle an encounter and is a bit more user-friendly because it offers difficulty levels, but both games are simple to understand on the surface while offering many layers of depth and complexity below the surface. It's the kind of game I can see myself coming back to for years without ever tiring of it. Slay the Spire is a wonderful game that everyone should try out at some point, even if you're not usually a fan of deck building games. Just look at me. I've tried to get into many deck building games in the past, but it wasn't until now that I finally found the one for me. And sure, maybe Slay the Spire won't grab you like it grabbed me, but 
Maybe it will, so why not give it a shot? And now I shall end this episode and say, once again, I am your host, Mark Kuznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Sausage podcast, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. If you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or the Pixelated Sausage podcast, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage and watch them both there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.